Hello, and welcome to Healing Trauma Mamas. I'm your host, Madon Wingo. Thank you for joining us as we share in our stories and experiences of healing from childhood traumas and birth traumas. Listen as we discuss our struggles, our failures, our strengths, and our victories, and all those lessons we've learned along the way. Hello, Healing Trauma Mamas listeners. I get the joy of getting to have Alyssa on the podcast again today, talking with you on the podcast last time, Milo's birth, and um, how redeeming that was. In fact, the the title of that podcast episode was Alyssa's Redeeming Birth, Um, because it was just so amazing of what you have overcame and the struggles that you had starting up when you were young. And um, just learning to stand up as a adult woman and a married woman and how to kind of move past um, all the trauma and the things that were thrust upon you when you were young and how that's kind of changed your life. So what have you been learning since we talked to you last? Oh, I feel like I've learned a lot. I've learned I'm still learning how to advocate for myself, um, that, oh, yeah, that's a big one. Still learning to advocate for myself and, um, just that life is definitely a roller coaster. I could throw in all the metaphors. There's, you know, we're going to have our highs and our lows and I've had a lot of highs and lows this last year, as far as, um, from just getting pregnant with, uh, Iris, my, my second, all the way to the birth and to now, like right now I'm, I'm in a heightened state of happy Zen mode. And I've kind of just, I haven't really sat down to process all of the before. There's a lot. <laughs> There's a lot. So, um, with getting pregnant, um, with Miss Iris, um, what kind of, what, what was some of the issues along with that? Some of the issues there were, um, I, I had been seeing a counselor and decided to stop seeing her because I didn't feel like we had a good connection. Um, uh, I I don't think my husband was totally ready to have another baby. He actually did say that and I was ready and I kind of pushed it. And that's that's one of the things I know I need to work on is just, I don't know, the teamwork side of things. and if one person says no, then I should agree with that. The no should always win. (laughs) I'm happy. My daughter is here. He loves her. I love her, but we were not on the same page with getting pregnant again. And I think that kind of put a lot of strain on our marriage because I was still dealing with a lot. I stopped taking antidepressants the second that I got pregnant with her. And I had just been kind of coming out of the dark there with having cut off so much family. So it was a lot of stress and pressure to put on us so soon. Yeah, that can, that can be really difficult. And it's difficult, especially in a marriage when one person feels passionate about something and the other person is not and trying to come to a compromise for sure. And I think it's also something that as you grow in your relationship, um, that you, you really just learn how to compromise with each other or how to, you know, like this is a big one for that them. So I'm going to give on that one. 
And then this other one, you know, this one's a big one for me. And so they're going to give on that one. And there's definitely this give and take back and forth, but it's a process. I think that you're just, you learn as you grow and your relationship deepens and you are still getting to know each other too. And I'll say as you know, as a woman who's been married for 19 years, I'm still getting to know my husband. There are things that we still do that surprise each other. And we're like, whoa, really? Okay. You know? And so we're constantly learning. And of course our lives are constantly changing. So then there are new issues that come up that we have to deal with and discuss. And I'm sure you found that in your marriage already too, that new things come up and you're both learning and growing all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And thankful it's a process that we get to do together with our spouses. <laughs> one person hasn't arrived while the other one is way behind. It's it's a process right. together. It sure is. So that kind of threw you guys for a loop, huh? It did. It did. Well, and it kind of, I think it kind of set my mind where my whole pregnancy, I just kind of felt, um, I felt like I had to do a lot myself and I didn't have to. And he was feeling like I was pushing him away and not allowing him to help with stuff. And in a way I was, because I had it in my mind that he didn't want the baby. And so I kind of, yeah, that, that hurt us a bit. That is hard. But, I'm sorry. but yeah, no, he was, he did get on board. He didn't want to be there for me. And so with me kind of pushing him away, that, that puts a lot of strain on things. And then on top of that, um, he, he didn't care for, our new midwife because we had a different one and I kept trying to say no we're, we've got this we're good and so I almost I didn't listen to my instincts so much on this one with her um and we probably would have been happier with a different midwife if if I had listened to him on it but I was really I don't know <laughs> that's so, a difficult one and that's something I would say yeah. you know as a woman who's had a midwife five different times and um and I've used three different midwives and as a student midwife and becoming a midwife yeah. myself that there is a great midwife for each person but not every midwife fits every client Um, so, and that's the great thing you know, we have different personalities, different ways that we work. And while I might be a really great fit for you, one of my colleagues may not be a really great fit for you or vice versa. I might be like, you know what? I don't, I don't think we're a great match. Let me give you to somebody else, or let me refer you over to this, this midwife, because I think you two would be a great, great, have a great partnership. Yeah. And it, yeah, she's a wonderful midwife and everything. We just didn't connect on a level where. I didn't share as much with her as I had on my first midwife. And, and that kind of led into a little bit of a traumatic birth with Iris. And so Do you feel like going off your, off your meds so quickly, how, how that maybe ha- affected you there? It, it could have, but at the same time, I, I don't know. I was happy to be pregnant. I was, I enjoyed that. I just, I had a lot of I guess I did have a lot of anxiety throughout the pregnancy mm-hmm. on, on all the things that could potentially go wrong. And so it was anything that was said to me, like, um, potential for breach birth or, um, just, just things like saying I had a pendulous ab- abdomen, just anything negative kind of hit me harder. And I, 
I got like super concerned about every little thing that could go wrong. And that was something that uh, my husband pointed out a lot is he's like, you were totally fine with everything with Milo, <laughs> with, with our first mm-hmm. baby. I, I handled the pregnancy beautifully. Whereas this one, it was just, I was constantly, I couldn't handle any birth stories that were negative. And I, I heard a lot of them that went wrong. And so I was stressing. I was stressing a lot on this pregnancy. It sounds like that anxiety can really get you. So, so yeah, that might've been, um, because I stopped the, um, antidepressants, but I wasn't on them very long either. I was only on them for, I think two months. Okay. So I kind of just cold Turkey. I did. Okay. All right. Well, you know, those can affect us in different ways, but that anxiety, that's, that's a hard one. Um, because a lot of times it's because our focus is changed. I, do you feel like your focus changed a lot from where your focus was when in your pregnancy with Milo to where it was in your pregnancy with Iris? It did. Yeah. Cause I mean, with Milo, I was, I was just excited to be having, you know, a baby. Whereas this one, I'm like, if I die, then I'm leaving my baby behind. I'm leaving or oh, leaving no. my behind. Yeah, it was just all the all the bad. That's a terrible time. thought. I hate it that you jumped to that. Yeah, well, that's that's kind of where I was. <laughs> I and to, so you didn't tell your midwife there that that's where you were. No, I didn't. I just I kind of over. I get over positive when I see myself going negative. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. I, you try to counter real quick. I do. I do. And that's hard because what the other, other people around you see is they see the over countering and they didn't see what was happening before that a lot of times. Exactly. And yeah, it's, it's tough to be a hundred percent honest with everyone around you when you're trying to be, when you're literally trying to be what you're not. Yep. No, nobody wants to be negative. Nobody wants to put that on anyone else. And yeah, I definitely wanted to be the happy, positive. Yay. I'm happy. (laughs) person mm-hmm. not the not the troll I felt like <laughs> oh did you think at all about starting back up your counseling while you were in your pregnancy I didn't not even once okay <laughs> honestly I didn't I was just curious so um you made it through this pregnancy okay <laughs> you survived obviously yes and I've been working really hard to um, just thinking of all the things that could potentially help. Like I've been staying on top of my vitamins, um, making sure I go outside every day and do activities with, with my son, because he definitely gets bored with mom sitting on the couch with a baby. (laughs) Yeah. So let's Um, back up for a moment. So I know you try to counter, um, hard, especially on the postpartum side this time, because I don't know that we discussed last time, some of the postpartum issues that you had, uh, with Milo. Do you mind talking about those a little bit? Um, yeah, we can definitely talk about those. Um, I feel like the postpartum part directly, like that first 40 days was really hard on me. Um, I hurt, like I had been hit by a train, (laughs) like his labor was long. It was 26 hours. And I, I felt like I'd run 20 marathons or something. Um, So my body took a really long time to heal. Like I remember even just trying to run 
like several weeks later and realizing my hips were not aligned or something mm-hmm. and I couldn't even run I'm like oh that didn't feel great um so there was that there was the um constipation the hemorrhoids the the dirty house drove me nuts like I could not keep up on anything I couldn't do anything um and it was like once my family had left town I felt very alone and the postpartum depression hit pretty hard come January so I'm like mm-hmm. nobody was there holidays were over um I couldn't leave the house because we lived in a neighborhood that made me want to stay indoors mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah I had a really hard time with that and I I didn't try counseling or anything until after we had moved from there and that's when things kind of started getting better too is just moving out of that neighborhood mm-hmm. but that's around the time too that I'd cut off my family so that that factored in quite a bit as well with the postpartum depression I think just feeling so isolated yeah I bet how has that gone um since the last time we talked with you cutting off I know you cut off a a lot of your family um has that gone well have you still felt good about that have people tried to reach out I there was one kind of attempt to reach out. Um, We were sent some books for Milo uh, this Easter, which we returned. And that's been the only sort of thing. There's, there hasn't been a letter or anything else. Um, So I think that's actually helped a lot that nobody's tried to reach out really, because then I haven't, yeah, I haven't had to (laughs) deal with any of that. Well, that's good that they're respecting your, your wishes yeah, on that. I, obviously it is good. Yeah. I've so throughout, I'm sorry. Oh, you're good. I was just, I've heard some things. My share this fun tidbit. Um, my sister let me know that my grandma had shared with her that my mom who had cut off, um, her, she went and talked to, to my grandma and said that, I just wish that they had stayed because I was going to buy them both cars or something like that. Something crazy. Asinine oh goodness. Made me feel good about cutting her off because she just, she doesn't get it. She still doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, so throughout the pregnancy, did it mostly the only issues you had was your anxiety? I think that was mostly my issues. It was just anxiety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, the birth birth was a little hard with the shoulder dystocia. Um, Do you want to talk I, a little bit more about, about the birth and how that went down? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I say that uh, like. <laughs> there's a lot there. <laughs> I'm uh, now you're reminding me. I'm, there's a whole thing there. <laughs> There's a lot there. I know we're trying yeah. to skip ahead to, to the end. And I guess full yeah. disclosure, I was there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My husband and I were butting heads pretty hard. We just weren't on the same page at all. Um, we had gone past the due date and then past the which, first week. and Which it causes its own anxiety. Up. Yes. Yeah. And then it came to be the issue of... Uh, um, whether or not to do midwife sprue, um, my midwife kind of had me panicked about um, the breach thing as well. She wanted to go ahead and get the baby out because she she had experienced a lot of breach births that year that wound up 
having people sent to the hospital basically um so I think she was a little bit triggered and she wanted to make sure that baby stayed head down and so there was a lot of well go get an ultrasound checker and then um yeah which raised my anxiety because uh, between that and then the midwife's brew, which I I didn't really want to do. I would have rather had her come when she was ready, um, but I didn't want to opt out of her care. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we were just, Paul and I w- were very stressed about that. He thought we should wait too. And I finally just said, okay, we're going to do the midwife's brew. And I think he was just, he was burnt out. He'd been overworking. We were butting heads. It turned into this nightmare of us yelling at each other the night I took uh, midwife's brew, like literally crying in the shower on the floor. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but fortunately you were there. You kind of helped be our buffer and then it turned into, got the gears rolling and I was determined to just give birth that day. I'm like, we're doing this. <laughs> what? I don't no turning back. Distracting me. So I... I went into 100% focus mode, um, finally wanted Paul in there with me, and then we got to the fun part of pushing her out, and she was stuck, <laughs> and so um, my midwife used her fingers to taco the baby's shoulders together, as she put it, which I think is actually kind of a cute phrase, but I, like I said in my previous podcast, I do not like being touched. I, I prefer a no-hands experience with birth and her putting her fingers inside of me I was shouting at her to get out I felt really bad after because I'm like that was probably kind of traumatizing for the midwife as well (laughs) but um yeah I it's okay for you to feel that way about it too yeah you can understand what she was doing but your feelings on what was happening I I wish that didn't happen I wish it didn't have to happen that way but I understand that you know that was the best option Mm -hmm. at the time (laughs) yeah so yeah that was that was a bit much for me I would not like to relive (laughs) that situation and it (sighs) Milo's birth was was a dream birth. Yeah, it was long, but everything went beautifully. My midwife trusted that I could do it myself 100% and um, really worked hard to not have to do any extraordinary measures. Um, whereas this time around, it like it just it put a little dent of fear in me that it's like that that first one was so good. I feel like from here on the rest just they're not going to compare there's there's going to be something that's going to put me in a situation where I feel uh more vulnerable I suppose would be the word mm-hmm. so it's like there's just been a lot of a lot of feelings of not wanting to have any more kids just because I don't want to experience anything more traumatic I want to be mm-hmm. done with anything that yeah anything that feels harmful you know but the same thing yeah I don't want to be scared scared to have more kids either well and in life in general we can't control what's going to come in front of us exactly Um, and so it's we hope tomorrow will be a really great day but we don't know what tomorrow will bring yeah exactly 
And so. I do, I, I have, <laughs> I have come to realize that I am more of a control freak than, than I know, like going back to the, you know, I wanted a baby at this certain time, even, even down to, I've wanted a September baby. I planned mm. for a September baby, you know, and I, you know, if I could get away with planning further, I'd love to go August next and just keep working backwards type deal. But it's, everyone's always telling me, he's like, you can't plan, plan these things. And I'm like, watch me. <laughs> mm. I'm a bit of a control freak in certain aspects. And oh, that's I don't interesting. know if that's just, um, yeah, I don't know if that's part of my trauma. Yes. Trauma um, what? And probably I, is. <laughs> it is. Well, at least from my viewpoint, I should say, I've seen a lot of women who have past trauma who are definitely have issues with control and trying to control everything that they possibly can. And that's because that gives you a sense of security, right? That you can, you can control this and you can control that. And because there were so many things out of your control, um, when those traumas happened that you feel like if you have the control, then you can regulate what's happening to you exactly and decrease any type of trauma that might happen. Yeah. But as you know, that's it, not actually no. how things go. No, no. Not and it, we would like it, always, it almost makes me feel like, you know, when things do go my way and I'm like, that probably wasn't good for me <laughs> because mm. now I think that I can just continue controlling things. And now it's, it almost feels like it does me more harm than good when well, I get there is. Well, definitely a balance. Like we talked about, you know, already just being able to balance and to, you know, try your best to control the things you can control, but the things that you can't to recognize that that's okay. And that you will be okay through that. And who knows, it might even go better than what you had planned. Yeah, absolutely. Think of how many times that's happened to us throughout our lives, or we had something planned one way and it went a completely different way and ended up being way better than we could have ever thought. So true. Yes. But it, that is hard when we want to be able to keep the control, you know, at our fingertips to make sure that we feel like we're in a safe space the whole time and that we know what's coming next. And that's honestly, that actually can cause you even more anxiety. Yeah. Because if things don't go the way you want them to, or the way you have planned out, then you get worked up. And yeah. um yeah. And I, I think that is definitely where I've been in my head here lately is it's just, yeah, I wish, I wish the birth, I wish the pregnancy could have gone better. And it, it, it does, it puts a dent in things. It makes me. Oh, not, I love hearing Miss Iris. Again. <laughs> oh yeah. She's, oh, I she's hate that me. it makes you feel that way. But yeah. but yeah, Paul have Paul time over and yeah, we're like we'll readdress feelings and whatnot like a year from now because both of us were kind of we had to talk about whether or not we should have any more kids. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> would give some much, time. Yeah. Give yourself time to, to really heal and be able to work through this birth, because sometimes it can take us years to work through births. Yeah. Um, especially when they didn't quite go the way we had anticipated they were going to go. Yeah. 
Yeah. I but everything's a learning process for us. For sure. I'm sure there's things that, at least personally, I know when I experience something like that, that I look at, you know, what areas could I have done something differently? This is what we should always work through things, you know, when things happen, especially things that are either traumatic or that whereas maybe a type of um event, um, you know, what did we do right? What did we do wrong? Right. And look at, you know, so what, what can we learn from this to do better in the future? That's something we're taught, you know, as a student midwife a lot, you know, that when, after a birth, we look at what are the things we did well, what are things we didn't do well, you know? And so what can we do better in the future? That's something I've been trying to practice just as a person, as a whole, you know, every, all of us have different events that happen to us and, you know, that we're a part of throughout the week, throughout the month, you know, there's always different things happening. And to be able to take each of those events and to stop and think, okay, what did, what did I do well? And what am I still struggling with? Or maybe what did I really fall flat on my face? Right? <laughs> At least I do. <laughs> I know. And be like, okay, so what can I do better for next time? This type of a thing happens. And instead of kicking yourself the whole time, you've addressed the issue, you've recognized the problem, and then you're going to work to grow and change and, and do better in the future. And that's really all we would expect from anyone else. So that's really all we should expect from ourselves. Yeah, that makes sense to me. <laughs> it can be uh, hard to get into that mindset sometimes though. Yeah, it can be. It's, you know, once you're there though, <laughs> things tend to look up. Yeah. Oh, so and- right now you're feeling really good. You're elated with Miss Iris. I am. I'm elated with her. Holidays are coming up, which I don't know. They always raise my spirits because that's that's when crafty season really kicks in for me and I I love crafting. You are a crafter. <laughs> so, You're good yeah, at it too. Thank you. Yeah, homemade Halloween costumes and going to be making doing like a homemade Christmas this year as much as we can. Like I'm I'm making a lot. <laughs> so, um I have a question then for you. Do yes. you have preparation in your mind or have you thought about this for preparing when the holidays are over this time? I I haven't thought that far um, necessarily, but I have uh, talked to my husband quite a bit about things we need to do just as a family to make us feel, make me feel less lonely. Talk to my husband about we need to get out every weekend I don't care if the house is a mess or whatever I don't care if we only go out for two hours we we got to go out as a family um and do something whether it's a walk or a little road trip but I I can't just I can't just be in the house well that's great that you're making a plan just like because you know what went wrong last time and how that road kind of went so now this time you have an opportunity to do it differently. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, I haven't made any close friends here, but <laughs> other than you, but you're like two hours away. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah. So 
my, my goal is hopefully with me getting out more often, you know, taking my kids to the library and whatnot, mm-hmm. hopefully I'll meet some mom friends and, um, that'll be a good pick me up. Cause I, I have learned that I am more of a social person than I knew. I, mm. I need a friend. I need the extra buddy system <laughs> to enjoy. It helps. Well, we know this and let's just think about the healing trauma mama's group that we started together. I mean, yeah. so much has come out of being able to talk to other women about, Absolutely. you know, the things that we've experienced and where we are currently. And, um, we just, we, we need each other yeah. and that's a great goal that you have to try to branch out and put yourself out there a little bit and really make some connections in your area. Yeah, definitely hoping to. <laughs> If there happens to be any mamas in the Midland or Odessa area that wants to connect, just uh, let me know and I'll, and I'll talk with you. <laughs> yeah. I'll get yeah. you guys hooked up. Friend. <laughs> mm-hmm. So one of the things that we've been trying to really focus on with healing trauma mamas lately is the healing part and not the trauma um, and how we go forward and how we actually become the people that we were created to be the women that, that we were destined to be without those traumas, holding us down or holding us back and letting them go. So I was wondering, Alyssa, like what steps have you taken? Or do you feel like is your next step to really just letting go of things and just still working towards that healing process? Well, I think one of the biggest things this year um, that has really helped me and I've kind of thrown myself into is uh, reconnecting with um, my artwork and crafting, just painting, um, making stuff. <sighs> there's, there's something about doing something with your hands and mm. the, I don't know, it just kind of, it grows. <laughs> mm. You do it once and then you need to do it like 10 more times and you need to do it 20 times. And I guess just throwing myself into things that I enjoy has helped me tremendously. And it has kind of made me think about what I want to do continuing into my life and looking into my future. Like I would love to start painting murals as a business. Oh, you'd be amazing at it. You have such a gift and a talent for that and a passion that obviously God has gave you. So go for it, use it. Yeah. And I, I think that's a big part of the healing is just kind of understanding your purpose in life and letting go of, um, what's happened to you so that you can, I don't know, appreciate appreciate what you have to offer. (laughs) Absolutely. A lot of that too. And I know you can attest to this is how we think about ourselves and changing that line of thinking a favorite quote of mine um, from, I don't know where my good friend heard this quote from, or if he made it up, I don't know, but he said it so many times that I'm just like, Oh, it means so much to me. He says, whether you think you can, or you think you can't, you are right. Oh yeah. I like that quote. I mean, it's so true because our thinking is going to be what drives us. Right. So if I think I can't, and I'm thinking about all my trauma in the past and I'm living there, then I'm not going to be able to move on. But if I'm thinking forward, 
and I'm thinking, I can do this. I have a gift for this. I'm going to go do this. Then you're going to go do it. Yeah, absolutely. I, oh man, I a hundred percent agree with you there. And I, I don't know what it is about, um, I guess in the healing process, but it's like, there's a moment that clicks inside of you when you could just suddenly, I don't know, be, um, be productive again, start enjoying life again. And I don't know, be free. Yeah. And, and I do feel like there was, there was a long point in there where I was constantly that I can't, I can't get off the couch to go clean. I can't, I can't keep up with anything. I can't, um, go outside or go do this, or I, I just can't. And then all of a sudden there's one day and it clicks and I'm like, I'm going to do things. And then it follows into the next day. And all of a sudden months go by and I'm actually living better. I, I love it. I wish. Yeah. I'm like, I wish, I wish we could understand where it is or how it is that we just click into place. That would make things so much easier. (laughs) (laughs) But the journey, how we get there is important. Yeah. I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about and that it clicking for you and you realizing, Oh, I can move, you know, forward from here. And really the, the best way I can, I want to tear up and I want to shout and smile at the same time, just freedom. I mean, seriously, letting the chains of the, the past that have been holding you down and that have been, you know, just, just burdening you for so long to seriously let them go and be free from all of that and move forward and heal. And it's, it's, (laughs) it's amazing. It is. It's, it's the best feeling in the world to just kind of wake up one day and realize. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then the world is brighter and you have all this ahead of you to look forward to and, and I'm looking forward to what murals you're going to paint and all you're so creative who knows what direction that's going to go for you. And it's just, it's beautiful to see that all coming together for you. Well, thank you, Madon. Thank you for listening. May you be encouraged and strengthened by what you've heard today. Remember you are dearly loved by your creator So be who he created you to be. May you go in peace, friends. Till next time. Shalom.